Welcome to Old School. Jake Huger, Ben Magnus with you guys. Uh, today, uh, we have a bit of a controversial uh, Old School episode. Um, siblings. Uh, has it gotten a free ride as a word? We're going to get we're going to get to it. Mortadella. The new pastrami. Mmm. Okay, hold. Hold. Okay. We're going to get to that as well. Uh, I, America's on the edge of their seat. But as usual, uh, we're sponsored by uh, ShopTYT.com. But this time, instead of plugging shirts, uh, we have, we've got books now on ShopTYT.com. We've got Ryan Grimm's great book. We've got People. we got Crystal Ball's books uh, on there. Uh, and, and now my dad's book has dropped, so the country is a flutter. Uh, it's called Original Young Turk, uh, and, uh, and it's about how he lived the American dream. It's an awesome book. You'll love it. The interview that I did with him, amazingly, ridiculously, has 220,000 views on it. So apparently people love the story, so he wrote a book about it, shoptyt.com. And by the way, Ben, we got to get your dad's book on there, too. Sure. Have at it. Yeah. <laughs> you have my permission. I yes. read his book. I loved it. Um, yeah, so uh, the great thing about that is you're like 220,000 views and you think, you know, some of these uh, uh, stars, these YouTube stars that I've, I've never heard of, of course, because even though I, I fought hard against sort of being old and just bemoaning anything new, it happened, and I do. So I haven't heard any of these people or many of these people, and you see they have, you know, 4 billion views or whatever it is, 80 trillion views. Um but if you sell 220,000 books, you're like going to spend months on the bestseller list. Yeah. No, it's amazing. So, uh, and, and I'm writing a book now, uh, which you could also pre-order. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying it's justiceiscomingbook.com. That's the website to pre-order. In fact, I have one here. But anyway, I'm going to get to a real port in a second. Uh, but I appreciate this needless plug that you helped uh, do accidentally. Ooh, look at this. You see this? I got the cover for it. Mm -hmm. And nice. it's just coming. How progressives are going to take over the country, and America is going to love it. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so, I've written some chapters already. It's So, like I said, justicecomingbook.com is where you can pre-order it. Um, I know everybody wants you to pre-order uh, books. So, let me just start by saying, of course, I'm in favor of your book, and I'll I'll buy it. And I'll think about reading it often. Um, and but I mean, enough with all of you guys with the books. I mean, not you, <laughs> but everybody else. <laughs> so my favorite part of that was I'll think about reading it often because it's so true. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna get to that. I'm definitely gonna. I gotta gonna get to. I gotta read Jack's book. What's wrong with me? Why don't I read Jack's book? <laughs> so in there, Ben, these are the things that you're gonna look forward to reading one day, many years from now. Um, you know, what is a progressive? Nobody ever defines it. So, uh, and and why is the whole country progressive? Um, and if you read my dad's book, you'll find out why I'm progressive. Uh, anyway, lots of books out there. Uh, have at it, Hoss. ShopTYT.com, though, to get the books that are already out. Um, so, anyways, now let's get to those uh, controversial uh, topics. Brother and sister uh, is the most informal words you can find in the English language. Uh, you know, good feelings about those words overall. 
siblings weird feels super weirdly formal. Like if somebody says, "Oh, uh, you know, I have three siblings," I was like, "I th- I think, oh, I do the guy." Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, what are the genders of your uh, aforementioned siblings? Uh, am I crazy, or is that absolutely correct? No, it's in between. I mean, you're correct that it's a it's a formal word um, that shouldn't exist. I'm not going to try and think of others that shouldn't be used as often as it does. Or, but it should always be used, and maybe exclusively though, in conjunction with rival, like. It, it goes with rivalry. You can't have a brother rivalry, a brother-sister rivalry, a family rivalry of the same generation. <laughs> That's a good phrase. Um, uh, it's got to be a sibling rivalry. And that elevates sibling to something more than just uh, a, a stuck-up English word. Yeah, but it's weird. And the reason I bring it up is because of that. Like in, in other languages, for example, the only other one I know is Turkish. But you have... Abi's a very informal word. I mean, his older brother, Abla, very informal, right? The other, but sibling is Kardesh, which is as informal as a, as any word, and as because it's supposed to be something that is a deep connection that you you would use all the time. But in the English language, for some reason, brother and sister are close, but sibling, like, and you have to use sibling actually fairly regularly. Oh, how many siblings do I have? But it feels like you went weirdly formal with. It's such a little thing in the language. We talk about it a lot because we talk about kids without siblings. And I do think, you know, and and, and what's our daughter's life going to be like, presuming that we don't have another child. And, you know, and I always think, uh, fine. And my wife always thinks disastrous. You know, that's that's basically how that conversation uh, goes. But um, uh, I like your sentence. Like, you got to use siblings all the time. Like, how many siblings do I have? Under what context do you ask how many siblings do you have? Um, okay. Well, you know, but that's the thing. Uh, siblings is such a crappy word that I will go out of my way to say if I met somebody and that came up, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Because yeah, I don't want to seem like a, that I made the conversation awkwardly formal by saying, I do declare how many siblings do you have? Yeah, you'd say, I do declare, I have a brother and a sister. <laughs> right. Um, except, in your case, not a brother. Um, the uh, Yeah, I think I think it works as a written word. It's not very conversational. It does go with rivalry and informal settings, like uh, like school. Like, oh, we got to get in, you know, in, in L.A. or I'm sure most cities, when you try and get into a school and it's a small school, you're like, oh, there's so many siblings this year. Like, there's almost no other way to say that. You can't say, oh, there's so many people who have a brother or sister. I mean, you can, but it's silly. Um, but it is a little like, so I was trying to think of other words that, that aren't, you know, that are that are safe to say um, that we don't really use, right? Um, but it's a little like, there is a part of sibling in that context that's like, oh, my God, I, I, I my arm feels weird. I hit my humorous bone, right? Like, nobody, you're like, oh, what are you, uh, a surgeon? Like, you know, so uh, I got is, that a real uh, thing? I, is there a real hubris phone? I think so. I, but, I, but by the way, there's as soon as you ask that question, I mean, obviously, there's a 46 percent chance that I'm just wrong. <laughs> we have to uh, account for that. But I think sibling rivalry uh, gives sibling some standing to be uh, to be part of the uh, vernacular of the common folk. There's a phrase that gets used regularly. <laughs> 
Um, so, uh, if it's true that there is a hubris bone, uh, I like that we randomly named bones after emotions and and things along those lines. Like, uh, oh, I got a funny bone, I got a hubris bone, I got a... Well, I think the humorous bone is the funny bone. That was the point I was trying to make. But I think. Um, but the uh, I like it that there would be like a, ah, I just banged my, uh, my disappointed bone. Um, okay. So on to a more important topic. Uh, how underrated mortadella is uh, and how it might be the new pastrami. Uh, I, I think it belongs on almost anything. Uh, I think it makes almost any sandwich better. Um, and... And it's the best cold cut to eat by itself. Uh, do you have a counterpoint, or do you immediately admit this is uh, clearly true and we can move forward? I would feel more strongly about this if I could pick mortadella out of a lineup of meats accused of a serious crime. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I know like you say what's mortadella, and I would say it's an Italian uh, meat. It's cold cut. I would. Un- I would have no hesitation there, and I presume that it's on an Italian sub. Like if we went to Bay Cities and we got the Godmother, there's probably mortadella on that, right? Probably. It's probably. on some and not all, but right. it sounds like a good quality place. Yeah, so, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel as strongly about a cold cut uh, as as you do. I love an Italian sub, but I don't think, oh, man, there's a bunch of cold cuts here. I'm going to take a bunch of them out and dip them in whatever disgusting thing you would, mayonnaise. But I don't think, oh, I'm going to get some salami and dip it in a, like, delightful, spicy, hot mustard. That's not a, it's not part of my life. Yeah. It, may, it might be a Mediterranean thing. It might be a Jersey thing or a combination of the two. But uh, mortadella is basically a rich man's bologna. Um, mm. And so so I'm not sure that that speaks well of it. But And and trust me, you don't actually have to be rich. Uh, it just feels that way. Mortadella feels more sophisticated. Uh, it's It's got the yellow splotches on there, which also mm. sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Let me see. Yeah, you you can see what it looks like, and it's got those little like spicy seeds in it too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I know mortadella. See, here's the problem with cold cuts. They're all gross looking. They're disgusting. A cold cut without the sandwich in between, without some lettuce, tomato, cheese, onion, whatever you want to put on it, uh, is disgusting. Once it's in there, you don't really notice all the blemishes. I mean, it looks like a kid with cystic acne. Um, but once you put it in the sandwich, uh, then, you know, you add some mustard, you know, in your dumb case, mayonnaise, and you add some, a little oil and vinegar on there, some black pepper, and who cares about the cystic acne? It's delicious. Yeah. But they all look gross. And salami looks best, but salami's not an attractive meat. If you're, a, if you're a female meat, you don't think, oh, man, I hope salami pays attention to me. That's inconceivable. If you're a female meat, it's disgusting. I don't know why I've decided all of these meats are male. Um but if you're a if you're a female uh, meat looking to meet a handsome male meat, uh, I mean you're just you're settling. There's no question. You're you are flat out settling. Yeah, maybe the cheese. I mean, in are- the de- in the deli meats section, yeah, you should you should you should go interracial and date a cheese. Totally right. Or 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 get out of the deli meat section and you know and 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 go out with like a flank steak. I think that would they, they'd have a nice relationship. Though you can count on those guys. Yeah. Well, see, 
there's different relationships, right? Blue cheese would date a flank steak, uh, and Swiss cheese would date a salami. Um, and something that's what, what's a more sophisticated cheese that would go with mortadella? Um, mm. yeah, like a, like a Jarlsberg. Yeah, Jarlsberg with more mortadella. That's pretty good. So to show you how unsophisticated I was, I was gonna be like, uh, I don't know, monster cheese. <laughs> I don't even know. I could. I don't really know cheeses. My wife buys a lot of cheeses, and she doesn't really eat them. So they're like for me and my daughter. And she's like, "Oh, I got you Jarlsberg," and I'm like, "Don't know, don't care." Um, I like a sharp cheddar cheese, and that's largely it. A cream cheese, but the cream cheese is really is not. Obviously, we can't include cream cheese in a discussion about cheese. It's a different. It's a different animal. It's a different thing. It's it's. Um... Uh, what America uh, created out of our, you know, in some sort of capitalistic brew. They were like, uh, I don't know, let's just throw a bunch of things on here that's going to be super salty and see what we come up with. Ooh, Velveeta. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's oh, that's and, I mean, look, cream cheese was genius. Oh, we shall call it cream cheese. Totally. It's great, but right, it's obviously not really a cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's some sort of American concoction. Yeah, well, that's partly why we love America. Got, no, got, sometimes, sometimes we we get it right. There's no question. Sometimes yeah. we knock it out of the park. I mean, not anymore, but we used to. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think we should make America great again, and uh, and the way to do that is obviously, you know, go back to our roots, uh, invent a cheese like cheese whiz, mm -hmm. and then take uh, something like a steak and chop it up until it's like the fattiest thing you've ever seen. And add onions and call. I don't know. Make it in Philly. Uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so that's America. That's the America I know and love and want to go back to. You know who's going to bring us back to that? Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know who eats cheesesteaks? Not Trump. Trump eats like the most manufactured stuff. He doesn't. He wouldn't know an original, real, uh, genuine cheesesteak if it uh, hit him across the face. No, Biden eats cheesesteaks. Um, uh, boy, um, cheesesteaks are good. I have not had a cheesesteak since lockdown hit, but uh, cheesesteaks are phenomenal. Um, speaking of making America great again, how about that story today that the president is taking hydroxychloroquine? I mean... Or is he? Right. <laughs> well, now, is there, an, is there an update to that story where he says he isn't? No, but... Uh... Uh, since it's being roundly mocked and uh, and and people are treating it with disbelief and it's not going to go over well, uh, him claiming he was being sarcastic in three, two, oh, one, right. right? But no, the main thing, Ben, is uh, the way he said it, um, at least for me, it was the way he said it. For others, it might have been just the fact that they just don't believe anything he says uh, and it seems so outlandish. Uh, but yeah, there's a huge buzz right now that it, he was lying, uh, and uh, and so I we covered it on the show, so I saw the tape of it, and if you saw it, Ben, you would immediately say he was lying, because he 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 he's such a terrible liar. But why would he lie about this? I mean, I, I get it. You could ask that question a thousand times, but I mean, I know the lies that work, and now he's got a sense of the lies that work, and um, I don't, you know, I, I I am a little puzzled by this one, but I don't imagine that this one would hurt him much more than than any of the others yeah no no it's um 
it, when I read it, I believed him. When I because he's is he dumb enough to take hydro, uh, hydroxychloroquine for no reason, even though it now has been proven to be counterproductive in in this case. Yeah, of course he could, he's dumb enough to do that, right? I wouldn't put that past him in a second. But Ben, the reason why I say you, you'd be with me if you saw the tape is because on the tape he's like, "Yeah, I, I take it. Uh, you know, uh, I've been taking it for weeks." And then, like, forty-five seconds later, I've been taking it for a week and a half. Uh, you're like, "Wait, which which one is it?" Uh, and he's like, "It was. It, uh, did your doctor say it was okay?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The doctor said it was fine. Uh, he said it was as long as I wanted to. Uh, how often do you take it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah. So I see here that the White House doctor, Sean P. Conley, uh, that this is adds a little specificity, numerous discussions uh, about uh, hydroxychloroquine. I can't say it right. Uh, chloroquine. He concluded that the potential benefit from treatment outweighed the relative risks. Um, so then I think, well, he just said it. So any, you know, and there's some specificity there. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I, I do. I don't care whether Trump takes it. I, I care that once again, it brings this story into, he has an investment in it, however small it is. And I am tired of the, of the, what would the media do if this were Obama? I'm tired of all those stories. I'm tired of them just because I'm sick of them. They're all theoretically great points. But I am a little stunned that that one, because it's financial malfeasance, um, that that one didn't stick. I mean, it is stunning that he would. And now, he, look, at he's even taking it. And he's healthy. So he'll go, look, I don't have it. And I'm taking this drug. So should you. Right? And he has this uh, investment in it. I find that staggering that that didn't penetrate more than eight hours. Maybe it will again. I, I, don't, I don't think so now. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. He's got a dog in this fight. Uh, and it might be as simple as, since he said it was uh, God's gift to medicine before, he's just going to keep doubling down no matter what, because that's the kind of person he is to right. the time. Uh, so it, that, that might be the dog in the fight. It might be that investment. It might be something else. But he's definitely got a dog in the fight. And that's why he's doing it. You know, you we were in a discussion this weekend with a couple other guys uh, about just sort of tactics. And, like, again, so whatever his investment is, if you want to play ball effectively against Trump, and I'm not saying you have to do that to win, that's uh, foolish uh, to think that. But it, it would help. If you're, if you're good at it, you should do it. Biden obviously isn't good at it now and isn't going to be good at it. I mean, run 10,000 ads that Trump is touting this because uh, because he has an investment in it and he's risking American lives to uh, uh, line his pockets. Just say it, right? Like, why not? It's That's true. It. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there are many, many arguments that you can make, but show that he has an investment in it. Show that the doctors say that, no, we shouldn't be taking it. And then say that he's been touting it and he's not taking it and talking about taking it. I don't know. Those are the kind of ads that I'd be prepared to have run. Um, well, I, I, uh, I, and and there maybe maybe outside groups will do it. I don't see the, the Biden. Uh, I don't see Biden directly run that. Yeah. So um, that that's the problem, though. I, I'm worried about the ads the Democrats are going to run. I mean, there's a thousand crippling ads you could do about Trump, and they haven't done one yet. 
every ad we're talking about in regards to Trump is run by Republicans. It's that Lincoln Project group. Uh, it's that's that are Republicans that are never Trumpers. They're the only ones doing effective ads against Donald Trump, probably because they're Republicans. And and so they don't mind actually being tough. And, and Democrats seem to be allergic to it in general elections. Yeah, I mean, you know the phrase, you know, when, you know, I mean, obviously that, you know, when they go, when they go low, we go high. Um, and, you know, I don't think you should say when, when they go low, we should go lower. I would say when they go low, we cut off their knees. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I literally say when they go low, we kneecap them. Um, yeah, all right, there you go. Right. So because, I mean, come on. It, it's like you're not, almost not allowed to criticize that statement because Michelle Obama said it first. Uh, you know me. I don't care at all. I don't care who said it. It's a terrible, terrible political strategy. And by the way, not at all what Barack Obama did. Uh, Barack Obama was very soft on Republicans, if you ask me, when he was president. But when he ran, both against McCain and Romney, especially against Romney, he he was brutal. His ads were terrific. I mean, they they buried Mitt Romney with super tough ads. He did not go high. Uh, he literally did an ad called the Coffin Ad. So he went six feet under to bury uh, Mitt Romney. Wait, so Michelle Obama, by the way, I'm, I don't think Michelle Obama was the first to say if they go low, we go high. But is that what she said or did she use the kneecap line? No, no, she said uh, we go high. And she said that maybe at the convention. So that's why when people attribute that to her. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, so obviously the strategy is to say when they go low, we go high and then hit them in the knees. I mean, and then just keep saying we go high.